Greetings and welcome to the Southern Witching Hour podcast. You are now entering a liminal space, an in-between place, a realm of Southern supernatural stories and lore told in timeless time. For those of you who need more specifics, the Southern Witching Hour is right now, and I am your host, Lady G, a natural-born historian, storyteller, humorist, and writer with family ties in Alabama, Georgia, and Florida. Now, if you're looking for me, I'll be in the southern skies, north of the sunset, east of the moonrise at twilight. So in today's episode, we are talking about the veiled child. The veiled child. Now, what is that referring to? So I'll just start here. When I was a kid, I always talked to my grandparents on both sides. I could never get enough of stories, um, histories, anything they can tell me about how life was when they were growing up or what they believed. That's the natural historian in me. Well, I remember one day I was having a conversation with my father's mother, and she was telling me that my youngest aunt was born with veils. I'm like, veils? What in the world is that? Well, she didn't really go into too much detail, which left me to my own imagination. (laughs) So later that day, I mentioned it to my mother's mother. I said, you know, grandma told me that my aunt so-and-so was born with veils over her eyes. And my grandmother looked at me and said, well, so was your mother. So I'm like, oh, my God, my mom was a veiled child, whatever that is. And again, I'm leaving this up to my own imagination. So in my mind, I'm thinking the way they do the little bit that they described that this child was born with some kind of or these children were born with some kind of covering over their eyes. And I'm not talking about their eyelids. I'm talking about when you open your eyes, there's yet another piece of flap or skin or something over the eyes, which creeped me the hell out. (laughs) So I'm thinking in terms of my aunt and my own mother. Now, there have been beliefs about these veils or the idea of a veil causing the child to have special talents or that The veil itself was of some sort of magical nature that it could bring good luck or good fortune. So I decided to go and look up veils or the veiled child. And what it brought me to was the actual um, medical definition of what happens. And in this case, it is referred to as an in-call birth. And I'm going to spell that out for you because it looks French to me. Yes, honey, I had a couple of years of French. (laughs) They call me Frenchy because I once took French in 11th grade. (laughs) Now, my fans of In Living Color will know exactly what I mean. Um, Anyway, back to the point. An in-call birth is a rare event, according to WebMD where a baby is born still inside an intact amniotic sac. The sac balloons out at birth, with the child remaining inside of the unbroken or partially broken membrane. So that's a hell of a lot different than what I had imagined in my little mind. Now, there is another reference to this um, 
the fact that a child is born in call, or some people say with a call. And that is in David Copperfield. And that, of course, was written by Charles Dickens. And um, according to this little summary I found on supersummary.com, because honey, um, I don't have the book, but I remember reading it in high school. And apparently this part just went smooth the hell over my head. <laughs> it says in this summary that when David is born, he's born with a call, which they describe as a, a cap-like piece of fetal membrane around his head. Now, his mother auctions off this call to superstitious locals who believe a call will protect them from drowning. And according to supersummary.com, this foreshadows the climactic deaths of David's friends Steerforth and Ham, who both perish as a result of drowning. Of course, David didn't perish because what? He was born with the call. <laughs> now, um, there are many other references to the call, or as I will go back to referring to the veiled child. There is the belief. Um, that the child, again, like I said, has good luck. There is the belief that the child can see ghosts. Um, there's the belief that the child can communicate with ghosts. So um, if I forgot to mention that part, that was also partially what my grandmother's stories were about. The fact that my aunt and my mom were born with Belle and therefore they could see ghosts. Now, what's weird is, there is talk that my aunt actually did see ghosts, but I have never heard my mother say anything about seeing ghosts. But that doesn't mean shit because my mama, <laughs> she was a poor historian about things. We'll just put it that way. She may have experienced things, seen things or done things, but she didn't necessarily share that stuff with me, especially if she thought it was going to freak me out, which it would have. And and it's weird because I'm the type of person who shit freaks me out, but I still want to know about it. <laughs> I want to dig into it. That's what I want to do. That's just, I don't know, call me crazy. It's odd. I am a Scorpio moon and rising honey. So anything goes for me. So I'm going to um, talk a little bit about this article that I found the article was written by Carol Y. Rich, and it comes from the Journal of American Folklore. It was written, oh, I shouldn't say it was written, but it's in the issue from July to September of 1976. Now, it does not matter that this article is some 40-something years old because it is about, um, it has a historical context. It is not about um, damn, um, recent, um, advances in science. <laughs> so old shit is old shit and it's still going to be the same no matter what. So I'm going to read you a little bit from that article. I might read the whole thing. Let's, let's check it out. So again, the article is entitled Born with the Veil, Black Folklore in Louisiana. So one of the most persistent folk beliefs about childbirth concerns the good luck attendant on a child born with a veil. The veil, or call, is a membrane of the amniotic sac which contains the fluid and fetus. 
On occasion, a child is born partially or entirely covered with this cloth-like membrane. The phenomenon is not restricted to human beings, however, but can occur with all mammals. The conviction that a child born thus will have the power to see and hear ghosts and to foretell the future is a widespread belief in Europe, where the tradition of the good omen of the call is as old as the Romans, who perhaps acquired the belief from the Orient. William Henderson commenting on the lucky hallyhoo, in quote, holyhood in Northern England, cites early Christian reproval by St. Chrysostom, I don't know, honey, I'm doing my best, and gives anecdotes from the flourishing English tradition as late as 1866. At least two fictional characters were born veiled. Dickens, David Copperfield in England, and Rovlogs. Oh, child, I cannot pronounce that. Rovlogs. Petter Victoria's home in America. Although the power of the veil is a common belief among most ethnic groups and in all regions of Europe and the United States, today in the Deep South, the notion persists chiefly among Blacks. N. N. Puckett, in Folk Beliefs of the Southern Negro, tells that to prevent a veiled child from seeing ghosts, the call must be kept as long as he lives. Since midwives, he says, are known to steal veils in order to sell them, anyone who has lost his own can go to a doctor shop for another. Puckett reports that Louisiana informants believe that the person who loses his veil can still see Hanks, but not talk to them. His health and well-being are entirely dependent on the call. If it is torn, he dies. When he is ill, the call is damp. And when he is well, it is firm. Many Southern Blacks also believe, according to Puckett, that even deaf people born with the veil can hear ghosts speak. Now, the writer actually goes on to say how she was familiar with some of these beliefs, but she wanted to go into her own community to see what she could find out about what the people around her knew about the veil or the veiled child or cult. Now, she went to her home in, of course, Louisiana, as mentioned in the title, to Bienville Parish to interview according to this article, as many people as I could find who were either present at the birth of a veiled child or who had been born with the veil themselves. She continues, two of my informants, older women, have been midwives. Two were mothers whose children had been born with veils. Two others had themselves been veiled. And one had a cousin born thus. Since my informants were members of Black families I had already known since my childhood, they were all perfectly willing to talk about their experiences. All of them were convinced of the validity of the belief and of how wise a person born with the veil was, with the exception of a 10-year-old girl who, though born with a veil, was not entirely sure the things she saw weren't 
products of her imagination. Her grandmother, on the other hand, was sure of the child's powers. She do see things, and she's very wise. She just don't like to talk about it. I first asked my informants for a description of the veil. One of them, who had never had children of her own, told me this. My cousin baby born with the veil over it. It looked like tissue paper, but it's thinner. And you could see the baby in it. They handed me that baby, and I wanted that baby. She didn't want that baby. It was an illegitimate baby. She didn't want it. She didn't want that baby. But that baby died. That's the onlyest child I ever see with a veil. I just brushed that veil off that baby's face. Prettiest baby you ever seen in your life. When it commenced to die, I laid that baby down, and I seen something happening to it. Now that's deep. <laughs> Another whose own child was born veil told me this. The veil looks sort of like a net. The face all covered up. Aunt Kate Copeland, she was the midwife. She took it off. She say, oh, this baby gonna see things. And another, when Roosevelt was born, ain't Fanny Graham just lifted up the veil off his face and she just hold it up and let me see. Look something like crochet. The most detailed and dramatic description came from the grandmother of the 10-year-old. The old lady had been a midwife for many years. Well, the veil sometimes practically all over the baby body. You ever seen a hog killing? Well, you ever see that fat on the chitlins with all them little holes in it? That's just the way it is over a baby when it's born. Especially dangerous when one born with the veil come with the water. When that water break and that baby come with that water, you got to work fast to get that off that baby head to keep it from strangling to death. You just catch it and peel it off. The most talkative of all was Donzel Farrell, whose neighbors are familiar with the fact that she was born with a veil and that she is wise, a word I repeatedly found to mean perceptive of the supernatural. Donzel took me into her living room, gave me the best rocker, and we talked. I see visions all my life. One time, my baby son in the army, and I had a dream he was going down a clear stream of water. I looked back, and he was coming up out that water with a pack on his back. I say, uh-oh, my son coming home. My son came home. Now, I interpreted that as I dreamed it. Another time, I had a sister lived in California. She went out there and married some man I never met. I dreamed my mother, she was dead, walked in the room. She had a black veil, something over her face. She took it off, looked at me, put it back on, and then went away. Now my sister husband, he had stabbed her in the chest. She was bleeding inside. But before they operated on her, she died. My mother had come to tell me that something had done happened to my sister, and that came true. Donzel can also tell when someone will soon die. I saw two men, not in a dream this time. One of them was Lewis Holly. He was standing down that railroad track. 
When I passed him and spoke, he looked round at me. I seen death in his eyes. He didn't live many days. And then there was another one, Nick Lewis. We used to call him Liquor. He came out the post office as I was going in, and I turned around and looked at him a long time because I seen death in his eyes. That was Friday. And he died the next day, Saturday, at home. Ooh, woo. And you remember Eva Lee Richard, little boy? That one got shot. Well, him and W. Mason and another little boy was walking downtown, and they met me right there. I never had seen a child dressed like that in my life. It just hit me. He had on a pair of red, red pants and a snow white shirt. And I looked back, and I could see something in it. But I didn't know what it was. I just kept on watching him. You know that little boy got shot before I got back home. And I saw that in town. The author continues, My stories from Louisiana, although similar on many points, do not entirely agree with previously published accounts. No one, for example, indicated that a call ought to be kept or that it's being lost will prevent conversation with ghosts. All right, honey, it's time for us to go out on the porch and talk a little bit about these veiled children. (laughs) Now, I'm just going to say that after reading many different articles and accounts about the superstition of the veiled child, um, there were a couple of things that were new to me. So I had never heard that if you were born with a veil or call that you needed to keep it. And even um, in the author's article, Carol Rich, she said that in New Orleans, they, um, the people that she had talked to hadn't mentioned anything about anybody needing to keep their call. Um, also, I hadn't heard anything about whether that call was torn or the condition of the call affecting someone's health or whether or not they live or die, honey. (laughs) Because I know that in both cases, neither of my grandmothers kept the call of my aunt or of my mother. So apparently that part of the superstition kind of got played down here in the South. Also, In my neck of the woods, I had never heard that a person born with a veil could foretell death. Now, you will remember in the article, Donzel Farrell told a couple of stories about how she could see death in two men's eyes. And and also when she looked at this young kid, she could just see it, see something on him. She didn't exactly describe what it was that she saw but there was something about the colors that he had on the red, red pants and the white shirt that just, I don't know, gave her some kind of premonition. Um, Now, personally, all I have ever heard is that if you're born with veils over your eyes or the call, um, that you can see ghosts. Now, I never heard that you can also communicate with ghosts, but I guess if you could see them, you could communicate with them. So (laughs) that's all new to me. But anyway, I'm going to end here. But let me ask you guys, have you ever heard of this superstition of, not superstition, but this um, belief 
that if you are born with veils or if you're born with a call, that you have some sort of um, supernatural gift, like the ability to see the dead, the ability to communicate with the bed, not the bed, honey, <laughs> that you have the ability to communicate with the dead or that, you know, you are somehow unusually lucky or that you can um, foretell death. So I'd love to hear what you guys have heard about the veil. Well, it's getting late and I see the evening star has already set over in the West and I shall enjoy y'all. Now, I left a lot of meat on the bones of this discussion. And if you want to pick at them, drop me a line at Gwen, G-W-I-N, at thesouthernwitchinghour.com. Or you can follow me on Instagram at the underscore southern underscore witching underscore hour. Hey, subscribe to and share this podcast with your friends and your family. It's now available pretty much wherever you're going to go to listen to podcasts. Also, if you've enjoyed what you heard here today or on any of my other episodes, please consider leaving me a positive rating for the podcast and a comment if possible. Now, if you do, shoot me an email and I'll give you a shout out on the air. Anyway, I'll see y'all next time. Be safe and remember, Lady G loves you.